ready for Fan Driven Razorback Talk. For the fans, by the fans. This is Inside the Hog Pen with your hosts, Razorback Zach and Marcus MC Carlton. Whoa! It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's another edition of Inside the Hog Pen. Now, you'll notice before we get started, I am not in my usual hitch and giddy up, MC, coming to you from the <laughs> NEA. I got to represent tonight. Yeah, because the Bigelow Panthers, two A state champions. I got to give a shout out because my daughter goes there. She was in the band. There you go, fantastic. Uh, but I got to represent the Bigelow Panthers tonight. Got a lot of them watching. So congratulations to the Bigelow Panthers once again for their two A state championship. And get this, MC, it is their first ever in school history. I did not know that. Congratulations to Bigelow. That's first. That's awesome. Ever. Y'all are gonna that's, see me. That's do history, quick. brother. That's history. Y'all, y'all right? Y'all are gonna see me do the quickest uniform uh, outfit change faster than <laughs> Carrie Underwood or Taylor Swift or anything else. But oh my goodness, coming to you from the NEA is none other than my co-host, cohort, and other right good guy and the glue that holds this whole damn thing together, Marcus MC Carlton. What's up, MC man? It's hey. been a week. Man, oh man, it has. It's a, 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 in all honesty, man, it's been a week today. It, today was just one of those yeah. days, and uh, I'm I'm glad to get in here in the hog pen and just kind of shut my mind off for a little bit and just have some fun. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, make sure you guys leave us a review on our Facebook page. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell you know. Tell me when to shut the hell up. You name it. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. No. All right, I got, I got something I got to address. You threw your shout out. I got to throw mine out. We got shout out. Oh. Rector in eight man football. Rector, Rector won eight the state championship in the eight man football. Didn't know there was an eight man, but shout out to yeah. Rector and, all, and, yeah. all, and of course all the state champions. Uh, this past yeah, this everybody past that's game. that's got a, a title to this point, and we got two games left. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Hey, if you want guys want in on the action, leave us a question or comment on the Hog Wild Laugh fan feedback. We got DMAD back at the sideline studios, keeping a track on it because you guys are out freaking standing. Keep those <laughs> comments rolling in. Last thing, and I promise we'll get to what you guys all came for, and that is Portal Talk and Hog Hoops, MC's favorite time of year. <laughs> we are still doing a fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. Uh, Thirty. Who doesn't like cookies, MC? You like cookies? Oh, man, everybody likes cookies. Come on. Bro, Christmas is just around the corner, and guess what? Santa's favorite food is a cookie. So for $30, you can have your own, and it's a giant cookie too, dude. Like, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of them big cookie cake type deals. So uh, if you guys want in on that, hit me up. We've got our link on our on our uh, Facebook page at the top. If you want to just donate to uh, uh, the American Cancer Society, hit me up in my DMs, either on Twitter or on Facebook, and I will get you guys that link. All proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. So with that being said, I'm not even going to go to break on our for our first break because I got some things I got to get off my chest. We're going to jump get right em. into this. All get right. Em. Portal news. Football is officially in the books. Now we have, as most of you know, if you haven't known by now, you're living under a freaking rock. Bobby Petrino is back in Arkansas. And oh, my God, it's 2011 all over again. <laughs> I was wrong. I didn't think he was going to be hired, but there it oh, is. I didn't, I, I didn't either. Nobody saw this coming, man. Nobody thought it was possible because all we'd been told for the last 12 years was, oh, he he is unhirable. You can't bring him back in any capacity. You know, there's a there's a, a university rule against it, blah, blah, blah. I was the so, first one. I was the first one to say it. He's not okay. coming back. And, of course, you know, there I go eating freaking crow again. <laughs> um, had, had a lot of, had a lot of uh, defensive players. Um, and one that we really, I mean, are we really messed up over, uh, 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 uh sparkler smoke bomb, whatever his name is. Oh, now. Smoke bomb. <laughs> uh, uh, well, he says, I'm not even going to call him Sanders. rocket. Yeah. Okay. No, no. He's got to earn that nickname back in my opinion. And, Here's uh, the thing. I got to yeah. ask him. See, I got to ask. Okay. A lot of people are saying that he didn't. That he gave it, he gave us everything he had, and that this is hurting us and all this. <clears throat> Do y'all not realize this dude quit at like the middle of the season? I would argue he never got started. 
I, I mean, you're not I, w- I would make either. him. I w- in in my opinion, just my opinion, his performance on the field was the most disappointing of the season. Yeah, and this whole the whole thing about the whole suspect right knee management BS. What what the hell is that? There's so many different ways you could go with that. Uh, I'll just, you know, I'll just say this, that, you know, it's, uh, I saw on Twitter earlier today, he's going to go make a visit to South Carolina. Why? Um, If you thought playing behind the line here was bad, South Carolina's might be the only one in the league that was a little bit worse. Um, Yeah, I I don't understand that move because my first thought was when he hit the portal, I'm like, okay, he's going to end up somewhere in Florida. You know, he's got a very young son that is that is in Florida. It would make sense for him to get back to Florida to get closer to his family. Yeah, and that's exactly what I thought he was. But South Carolina. Well, and and it's just a visit. He may not he may not end up there. But usually, when guys take visits that are in the portal, more times than not, that's where they end up going. Um, Let me jump over here to the Hogwild Life and feedback real quick. Um, we have royalty in the house, MC. Mm-hmm. Mama Linda's in the house says, I am so ready for this show. Hey, so are we. I'm chomping at the bit like I always am. We are bringing it tonight. Yep. Jesse, Th- Thurman, Jesse Randall Thurman says, finally Wednesday night. Let's go. And welcome back to the hog pen, Josh Wilbanks. Yeah, welcome back, Josh. Chris says, what's up, fellas? What's up, Chris? And then, of course, Carrie says, shout yep. out to Rector. And... That's the mystery. Where is Hambone? Hambone is at. She's on special assignment. She's on special assignment. We're not going to tell you where <laughs> that, she's. Been. That's the that's the old uh, uh, newsroom lingo for when one of the anchors would go on vacation or take the night off. Oh, they're on special assignment. They're on special assignment. She's at Bobby Bones. Yeah, she's at the the big NIL. She is at Bobby Bones. Hey, Casey Sutton kicked cancer's ass twice. Number one fan in our book says, Ditto. What are we dittoing, Casey? What, what, what are we dittoing? I bet she's dittoing uh, Mama. Ah, oh, yeah. All right, Stephen G asked, has come to us with our first question. That Hey, can I ask what's your thoughts on all the portal exits? Also, Arkansas is going to get beat in basketball this weekend by us. Oh, just, just throwing uh, down the gauntlet. Huh? Just completely throwing it down already. We are, what are we, uh, eight minutes into the show, and, and the gauntlet's been thrown down. Well, you know, like, like The Rock used to say, just bring it, Sooners. Just bring it. Uh, we're going to get into the Sooner part of this uh, later on in the show because MC's got some stats that that uh, the, the tale of the tape, as it might be. Um, yes, it looks it, to be a pretty even matchup, but MC, we'll, we'll dive a, into it. He's got a pretty decent question. Uh, is this a is this the coach's cleaning house, or is this a mass exodus because they don't they don't want to play? Yeah, I, looking I, I at you, Rocket. I mean. I mean, I think I think that's a very that's a very good question, and I think it's almost a case by case scenario. I think some of these are kind of being uh, encouraged, shall we say, to go look elsewhere. And I think some of them, uh, obviously, Pooh Paul was not one that was encouraged to go look elsewhere. No, he, I, that one kind of surprised that that one kind of surprised me. And, and his dad yeah. has been very outspoken on uh, uh, on Twitter on about Twitter, it. JG. Yeah. JG from our YouTube says new strength coach put too much weight on him. Talking about Rocket, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I, and again, I've never played, never played football, but I've analyzed it since I was about fifteen years old. Too much weight on a running back is not a good thing. Well, so here, here's my whole thing with that. You look back at the year, the twenty twenty one year, twenty twenty two years that Rocket had, and the first thing that comes to my mind is just just keep him where he's at. If it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. I mean. He he was having he was having no issues at all. Had a very good couple years there. You know, coming into the preseason, he was hyped as as one half of the best duo in the backfield. But yet, you think it's going to be a good idea to go put twenty five pounds on the man? It, but it's not. That's the thing it, is you want him to be able to move yeah. swiftly. I used a big word there, MC. Swiftly. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Multiple no, syllables, and, and, even. I, I know, right? And it's not the four letter <laughs> words either. Um. <laughs> Anyway, um, but no, is that? I mean, you, you're gonna have look. You're gonna have you're gonna have guys leave. Um, yep. I think I, I saw a stat somewhere today where it said there was three thousand names in the portal already. And this, yeah, this we're seventy two hours in. Transfer portal is killing us. 
Well, and it's uh, it's killing college football. I mean, I, I could I could go off on a complete tangent about the current portal setup and the negative impact it's having on college football as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're talking about guys like look at Ohio State. How many how many players has Ohio oh, State lost? Something's up there. Yeah, something, there, there's something going on there. Something's do they, going on at Ohio State. Do they know Ryan Day's leaving for an NFL job or something? Or, you know, something's up there because they've had a mass exodus. So Sam, Sam, Sam the pun's in the house too. And he uh <laughs> I'm gonna try to say this without dying laughing, but he says, I hear failure to launch two is coming out starring Rocket Sanders. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. That, that one. That one. That one goes on the wall. Yeah. That, that one, one that goes one, on the list. That one goes on the wall. Yeah. Josh Wilbank says the NIL is, is killing us. And it is. It is. I mean, NIL yeah. as a whole. And of course, uh, that's going to be one of our pod ex- exclusives. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeart, wherever uh, iPod, yep. you listen to your podcast, sign up. There's episodes out there that are coming. We've already got one out there already. Um, and it's a little outdated now, <laughs> Bobby. Yeah, I mean, it was at, at the time. I thought it was really relevant. I thought it was one of our one of our better shows, honestly. And then you know, it's like the day after or two days after the bottom falls out and Petrino gets hired. So yeah, right. Um, but make sure you guys got that. We're gonna go over the NIL at some point during this whole crazy mess that we call life. Um, now, how, how's this for how's this for timing? Somebody asked about uh Well, Ambo. well, well, there she is live from the Bobby Bone show. <laughs> the uh NIL show as they call it, not a yeah. concert, an NIL concert. Which show. I got to I I'm not I'm not a big Bobby Bones guy, but I got to give him credit for this, man. That's a heck of an idea. Oh yeah. Uh to to put on this concert with the proceeds going to the NIL fund. So kudos to Bobby. Kerry says Michigan losses tend to cause mass exodus to the Ohio program. I see. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, but in today's era of 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 the portal and the NIL, I mean, Ohio State's got to be up there in NIL money. I mean, you would think so. You would think they would be one of the top. Yeah, Brad Staten says hello from Colorado Springs. Hey, Brad, uh, Army Navy game Saturday. Go Army, beat Navy. You know how you know how to get that. You know how to get. Yeah, that shot you knew that was coming. <laughs> Casey Casey says Rocket reminds me of what Boyd did, and that's what we were talking about hmm. the beginning of the show. Now hmm. I'm gonna post. Where have I heard that before today? Hi, I said that <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, I. And, but but the thing is, I mean, in all honesty, a lot of people are making that comparison because he he, Rakeem Boyd did the same thing. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it, he. There were games left in the season, and he just he didn't fake games. an injury either. He just like deuces. I'm out. He he used the whole because that, remember that was the year where they could opt out at any point during the season because yes. of COVID. Yes, and he opted out with two games to go. Yeah, he didn't even finish the. Almost yeah. almost gave away our free F word. Uh, <laughs> here's we'll the hang thing on to that one. You're right. Here's the thing though, MC. They either and again, this has been an argument since 2008, 2007. Okay, they either need to retire the number five jersey. Or like you had said off off air, make the player earn it. Whoever whoever's yeah. a running like uh, Augusta, make him earn it. If that's what he wants to wear, he's yeah. got to earn it. Well, and it's so the the example that I used, and I saw some other people uh, putting this out on social media earlier today as well. They were talking about retire five, retire five. I'm I'm fine with retiring it and putting it there with twelve and seventy seven because it it's as sacred of a number as those two in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. But the other aspect that I threw out there, the other option, I guess, is a better word. Um, at LSU, they have two numbers that are assigned. They are not chosen by players. They are assigned, number seven and number 18. And there are certain criteria that players have to meet in order to be eligible to wear either seven or 18. And if you took five and gave it that approach and you had some kind of criteria around it, I would be okay with that oh, because it, it keeps the special um, – significance of that number you know i mean because we all know you, you say five in football everybody goes dmac everybody thinks dmac nobody's thinking sanders nobody's thinking uh cory nichols that wore it way back in the day yeah i'm going i'm going i'm dating myself here i'm going way back you this even is like look, you even like got danny me ford era you even got me i was like wait who <laughs> That's uh, danny ford era for some reason dmat oh back in the uh sideline sideline radio network studio says number 12 at texas a&m as well 
Yeah, yeah, they have the the twelfth man. They have a, a, mm-hmm. a that is agreed for a walk on, or, or it's designated for like a the top walk on. I mean, Landon. Before we get to Jesse's question here, because he's got a mm-hmm. very good question. Uh, Landon Jackson came back, said he's coming yeah, back. That's huge. Um, Luke Luke Haas said he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other tight end, uh, Washington. Washington. He announced back. today that he that he's coming back. So I mean, you have you have, and it's like it's ever since this thing went the way it is now, mm-hmm. the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, Jesse Randall Thomas is when we get to talking about KJ because I know it will eventually get there. Mm-hmm. How'd you how'd you know? <laughs> Do y'all think the oversaturation of quarterbacks in the portal could be part of him not announcing yet? 100%. Um, yes. Well. I do. S- yeah. There's several names out there that are better quarterbacks than he is. I mean, uh, 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 the Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. Oklahoma's Kyle quarterback. Lockhart, was that his name? No, uh, uh, McCord. A.J. McCord. Oh, okay. And McCord's then, uh, DJ Uli, uh, Ushi's yeah, Ugly or whatever, yeah, name, yeah. whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, the guy who was at Clemson that went to Oregon State and had a really good year. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you've got uh, yes and no. Throw it back up there. Uh, I I don't I think his announcement to the portal got leaked when he wanted to say it himself, and I think now could be. yeah I think now uh I mean what's there left to do I mean he he obviously and I and I hate to say it hog fans obviously he can't win a national title okay we just we don't right. have because our our staff seems to want to go after D two players and not D one players but it's another story for another time. But yeah, I, I, do I, think, I, I do think I do think move, but whatever. yeah, I that's a yeah. Well, that that'll be a pot exclusive too, you know. Uh, but I do think that that with so many big name quarterbacks coming out, I think that's why KJ is either holding off or he's deciding to stay. I don't think he stays. I, I still think he ends up in the portal, uh, but I think he's kind of letting some of this other stuff shake out to see where some of these guys end up going. Um, but I think I, I don't think he'll be here next year. Michael E. Ashcraft says, I've heard a lot of these guys are asked to leave. Which again, we have no idea what's going on within the program. Right. Other than what they allow us to see. Okay. That's I mean, again, this is all conjecture at this point. See, I used another big word there. Wow. Now you're two for two, man. I, I am. I had to sound I had to sound like you, dude, because I mean, <laughs> come on now. I'm trying to find that tweet. I sent. There it is. Okay. Eric Jernigan. I'm working Eric ahead. You're good. You're good. Eric Jernigan says the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. It's a new state of college football. Yeah. I think we see this every year going forward. And it's only going to get worse until somebody steps in or, or hear me out. Hear me out. The SEC leaves the NCAA and creates their own collegiate league type thing. Yeah. And that's been talked about for years as well. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I think I think one is just as likely as the other. Uh, there was a comment here. Sarah says oh. thirty times seven hundred tickets. Holy cow! That's twenty. That's that's a lot of math that I'm going to let MC do because I'm not fast enough yeah. to do it. Uh, Josh Wilbanks. Josh. Josh Wilbanks says Navy wins by seven. David Haslett says, go Navy, beat Army. No, sir. No, sir. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 21,000. 21,000. Yep. I thought that was right, but I had just enough doubt in my head I had to check it. Right. Uh, So, okay, I got a question here from Casey I'm going to throw up since we're still talking portal. Uh, Either of you surprised on A.J. Green? Um, Not, I mean, at this point, I mean, nobody hitting the portal is going to surprise me. No, there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them that that would that would shock me. Uh, uh, you know, if they hit if they hit the portal, like Landon Jackson. I'm glad he's coming back. Luke Haas. Now, the one that did surprise me. He's not going to the portal, but he did go to. He did declare for the draft. Cam Little. Well, yeah. That okay, so sucks. I didn't. I, I wasn't putting him in the same category because he he decided to go pro rather right. than go to the portal. Uh, that's the one that kind of hurt me because selfishly I wanted him back because he he's such an excellent kicker. But if he's going to go pro, man, go get that bag. Go get mm-hmm. it, dude. Yeah. Um, let's see. I lost my lost my spot here. Uh, ah! K- 
I got to point this out, okay? I am sick of hearing about KJ's school records. Compare him to Mallet. Mallet to KJ. Mallet did it in two years. Here's the That's thing. Good. That's a really good point. I agree. Here's, here's why I'm so tired of hearing about it. It doesn't make a damn bit of sin, a damn bit of good to know about uh records if you've got a four and eight season behind it. Well, that that's the other thing. I mean, you look at uh and, and Kerry point makes a really good point that Mallet did it in two years. Um what and, and and you look at the record he had in those two years. I believe we were eight and five in uh 20, uh, let's see, be 2009 and then 2010, what were 10 and three? Yeah. Yeah. 10 and three. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's that 10 win season. It was the first 10 win season since 2006. Um, and, and first BCS appearance, because that was the sugar bowl year. I mean, there's, it just feels like that, that, you know, to, to quote the old sec saying, it just means more. It feels like that those, that the record set by mallet means more than it being broken by KJ in a year when he's in year five, technically he has another year. He could play and yeah. make some of the records untouchable. Uh, it just, it, it blows my mind. And again, I'm not taking it again. I said this last show, I'm not taking anything away from KJ. Okay. No, no, but, but, and, and to quote D mad back in the sideline radio network studios, KJ is breaking these records like LeBron beating the scoring title. Yeah. It, it, it kind of has that feel to it. And y'all, it and really he knows, does. And DMAD knows I hate LeBron James. Yeah, but I'm not a LeBron guy. It's either. not. But here's the thing: it is is KJ's just what's there left to do? He's got two bowl games under his belt. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's got all these records, but he's not going to be remembered for that. He's not going to be remembered for 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 what he did positively. JG from our YouTube channel says, KJ heard a stock for NFL Dreams and Portal number. Uh, his uh, his evaluation took a big hit in the portal. I'm not sure he has a place yet. I think I think if he wants to go to South Carolina, I think they would welcome him with open arms. Because uh, Rattler declared for the draft. So they're going to be looking for somebody to fill his shoes. And honestly, you put those two head to head, I'm going to take KJ. My other half's in the house. What's up, Kate? Sarah says the ones I know about were not asked; they wanted to. So she's referring to players hitting the portal. Okay, so we got a we got a fellow Razorback show in our in our midst there. MC Tusk Talk with Ty. Hey, hey, hey. all right, what's going on there, Tusk Talk? Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, Carrie Story a says reference for the day. AJ's pass blocking cost him in the Bama game. He didn't want any part of blocking those rush defenders. Uh, that that's fair. Yeah, I mean it speaks for itself. Well, and it got to the point to where if you knew AJ was in the game, more than likely it was going to be a run because he wasn't going to pass block. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Lucky to it from our YouTube channel says, I agree. Seeing that many high caliber quarterbacks in the portal may be giving KJ a bad case of the doubts. It's sad that it's only it's it's only after the season he is given time to read the situation before making a move. I kind of wonder now if he regrets – not going ahead and, and and jumping into the portal uh, before all these other QBs that I, that I perceive to be better than him announced. Sarah, Sarah, even from the Bobby Bones show, is trying to trying to keep us on track. She says, "Forget portal news. Let's talk about those who stay." Yeah. And yeah, I mean, here's the thing: as of right now, we have no earthly idea how this roster is going to shape out come spring ball because no. the portal closes when. MC, I, I'd have to look it up, man. I don't even know. Um, uh, what is it? Is it four? Did they cut it back to forty-five days from sixty to forty-five days? I think so. So forty-five days from December fourth be uh, early February. Yeah. Mark Murphy says, "What quarterback in the portal would make would be the perfect fit for Bobby's offense?" Um, I know that the Arkansas is showing interest in the guy from North Texas. Um, Stop going. I don't know. I'm uh, not. I'm not. I'm not going to hate. I'm not going to hate. Well, I mean, it. You know, if if Mark, Bobby's Mark the one that's going after these January guys, 2nd. then January second. Okay. All right. So, so January 2nd. we are going to step aside, pay some bills, and I'm going to do the fastest costume change in the world. <laughs> uh, 
On the other side of the break, it's what everybody wants to talk about, and it's MC's favorite time of year. It's hard yeah. hoops. Coming back in 60 seconds. Stay with us. Welcome back to Inside the Hog Pen on the Sideline Radio Network. Razorback Zach, Marcus, MC, Carlton holding it down in the NEA with you. And MC, football's finally over. That means it's hoops time. <laughs> yeah, hoops can take front and center. Front and center. And I am a happy, happy man about that. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm also happy they got that win over Furman because I was a little concerned about maybe some hangover after the Duke game. Right, uh, and it might be a struggle. Um, if you remember, Furman is in the same conference as UNC Greensboro, who gave us that loss right before the Duke game, and they're actually picked ahead of UNC Greensboro in the conference. So I came into this game a little, little on edge, uh, they, just waiting to see they, what happened. Wasn't Furman picked to win that conference? And they were. UNC yeah. Greensboro was picked second. second? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, I think we just got caught off guard in the Greensboro game. I think that's one of those, if you play it 10 times, Arkansas wins eight. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, and, and and you know, Matt Zimmerman said it best, that Bud Walton Arena is good for 10 points. You know, but yeah. the problem in that Furman game that I saw, and again, you're the hot, you're the hoops dude yeah. here, so every time we'd get out to a big lead, we'd let them come all the way back, and then we scoot it out again, then we come all the way back. Is that normal for I mean for those of us that don't watch basketball religiously? Well, is that normal? Not really. That's not what you want. What what happens there is that is a sign of a, a team that has still they're still working on getting that killer instinct and being able to put teams away. Right. Um, now I will say must get in the technical with about a, a minute and a half left in the game. I'll take it. Um, I mean, I had no problem with the technical. What The only thing I didn't like of it was it was a, a five points for oh. Furman with no time coming off the clock. No. And it cut it back down from, I think we had a 13-point lead. I think it cut it down to eight at that point. And yeah. so it kind of put it back in range a little bit. Uh, I, I saw one thing over here that uh, – uh, How about uh, – Mama Linda threw out. I got to get this question out here because it's a really, really good one and something that I was definitely going to hit on. She says, MC, what has happened to our three-point defense? We were number one a couple years ago. Yes, and and uh, you can tell that this is something that's really hitting Muss hard, and he's it, it's driving him nuts because of, of what our three-point defense is. And, and if you look at it, you know, it, it wasn't so much Duke, but some of these other teams, Greensboro and Furman and Old Dominion, some of these teams that are coming in, it seems like they're just shooting the lights out from three-point range when they get in Bud Walton Arena, like shooting way over their their yearly stats, way over their head for what they're normally supposed to do. And from what I see, what I see happening is we're still we still have a lack of communication on defense when it comes to to help defense and rotating. We have guys that are still rotating at the wrong point. They're not rotating when they're supposed to be. They're either way early or way late. 
and it puts everybody else out of position when they start trying to rotate, and it ends up leaving somebody wide open. I think for Furman the other night, they kept getting corner three after corner three after corner three, and you know, uh, Bobby Knight had a philosophy that you want to make your opponent shoot from the corner because that's the toughest shot in the game. Uh, but if but if they hit four or five of them, you know, maybe you try to get them to stop shooting out of the corner. Wasn't that where Duke was hitting most of theirs too at, at that point? <sighs> theirs was wing, wing and corner. They didn't they didn't have very many at all from the top of the key between the two wings up to the up to the point. They didn't have many there. It was from the wings to the corner. Uh, but but what what is happening is. Either we have the wrong guy rotating to help with defense or the guy that does rotate, like I said before, he his timing is off. He's either too early or he's too late, and they end up being able to move the ball enough to where you get it to the open guy. Uh, right. That's something that the more these guys play together, the better that's going to get. So I would say by the time we get into the middle of conference play, middle of January, uh, somewhere around in there, I think you'll see that improve dramatically because I guarantee you that's something they're going to work on every single solitary day in practice until they get it where Muss wants. Because as we all know, if you don't play defense for Muss, you're not going to see the floor. Right. I question though, was it just me or did I think did I see? Oh, I forgot who I forgot to write down who it was. There was a lot of trying to be fancy passing going on the behind the backs the yeah we we had a bust the one that stuck out to me was we had uh a two-on-one fast break with l ellis and yes uh brazil ellis tries to go behind his back and ends up flipping it out of bounds i'm like you know just make just make the simple pass you know i mean there's no need to put extra mustard on the hot dog you're about to get a dunk anyway from brazil just get him the ball in a timely manner and i and yeah. i get it i get it want to look good but damn <laughs> and, and it was at that point it was like a six or an eight point game so i mean that, that could have been a very crucial possession well, there and it's it, it it bugs me that quit trying to be fancy and just play ball yeah just play ball. Uh, i gotta get this in uh, jesse randall thurman coming in with, a, with a, another strong comment about something else i was going to comment on he's talking about blocker coming on strong as a true freshman uh it seems like to me laden blocker uh he's getting better every game his his contribution is not just in one area of the game. You know, he'll score, he'll make dishes, uh, he does the dirty work. He reminds me a lot of Devo when Devo was a freshman, but I think his offensive game is a little bit better than Devo's was at that point. Uh, right. But Blocker, has he has played his way into a major contributor already in this game. And another guy that I want to throw a big shout-out to is uh, the Claw, Chandler Lawson. I felt like Lawson was the X factor in the uh, in the Furman game the other night with with the this the stat line that he had. Yeah, somebody that we know very well, MC. Yep. Somebody we won't mention names, but they're a bit of a bum. Said yeah. that Chandler Lawson when he was at did Memphis. He call, did he call him a wasted scholarship? I don't remember the exact terminology. He called, he called him a wasted scholarship, and I'm uh, I'm over here just going, "Hey, welcome to the hill, Chan." <laughs> so, Chan all right, I pulled up stats from the Furman game. Uh, Chandler Lawson played 17 minutes. He had uh, 19 points. Let's see. 19 points, three rebounds. How many block shots did he have? He had three, three block shots. His plus minus was an 11, which is really good. It means Arkansas was uh, on your plus minus. You either have a negative number or or you have a positive number. The, Arkansas was plus 11 when he was in the game. Right. That is the uh, third highest on the team. They had a plus 15 when Devo was in the game and a plus 14 when uh, Khalif Battle was in the game. But Lawson, 8 out of 10 from the field, 1 out of 2 from a uh, three-point line. He made both of his free throws, um, one assist, one steal, three blocks, and how many rebounds did I say? Uh, total rebounds, three. I'd like to yeah. see him have a little more on the rebound side, but he's had other games where he's had, you know, four, five, six blocks, eight, nine rebounds. This time it was just his time to score because we had a height advantage over Furman, and he was able to take, take advantage of it. So, okay, this is going to be my personal opinion because, again, this is just how I saw it the last couple of games. Yeah. Khalif Battle. Mm hmm Little bit of a ball hog. Yes, but the style of player he is, you don't want him – let's see, how can I say this? 
you want him to have a little bit of that aggressiveness and be a little bit of a ball hog. And here's why I say that. But the problem uh, is, go ahead, MC. Well, I was just going to say the style of player he is. He's very streaky. Okay, okay. and he's in the he he reminds me a lot of Alex Dillard that played on the on the championship team. He doesn't have okay. the range. He's not going to pull it from the hog snout. Okay, right. but he's in there for one reason and one reason alone: buckets. That's why he's in there. But every time he makes a every time he makes an outstanding bucket or scores, he commits a dumb foul on the other end. Yeah, he's got so his fouls are they are dumb fouls, but they're fouls of aggression. And when you have a player that plays as hard as he does, and he does play hard on both ends of the floor, he does not make the best decisions on the defensive end, but he plays very hard. You don't want to mess with his head. You got to find a way to tell him to back off without it, you know, taking a getting in his head and making him think. Because a player like him, as crazy as this sounds, you want him to just do what comes naturally. You don't want him to think. He's not right. out there to be the thinker. That's Blocker. That's Devo. That is uh, L. Ellis. Those guys. Go ahead and put that novel back up from Sam because I want to look at that again. I kind of skimmed through it. Sam, uh, Sam says, is, "Go ahead. Go ahead." <laughs> Great minds, though. Right. Uh, Sam says, want to know what happened to three-point defense? Jalen Williams graduated. His defense in the middle and at the rim allowed everyone else on the floor to play up on their man and around the arc. We have no eraser to take away drives with charges or blocks. Well, okay, first off, you're not going to have anybody uh, taking away drives with charges anymore because of the rule change. I think Chandler Lawson can be that guy with the blocks uh, because of his wingspan. I also think Mitchell, if if you can get consistency out of Mitchell, Mitchell could be that that eraser top player as well. But nobody's going to be drawing charges like Jalen Williams did because basically they made the Jalen Williams rule, and it's just almost darn near impossible to get a charge call now. Yeah, and and Brad Staten even adds to it. Says Sam Jones is exactly right. Mitchell needs to be the eraser, but he can't stay on the court. I mean, he can't. Yeah, he's had foul trouble this year a lot. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Carrie's again, making a very good point. Says some players would rather look good losing than look bad and win. Yeah. It, it's the whole white man can't jump. Sidney Dean and, uh, Billy Ho. You know, if yeah. you remember that movie, uh, Billy was talking about, you'd rather look good and lose than than look bad and win talking to Sydney. So it's the Sidney Dean disease. Uh, and, and we do have a little bit of that. And you no know, L I don't know. I don't know what happened to L. Uh, you know, he kind of, he went in that funk in the Bahamas, and he come back, had a pretty good game against Duke, and then he was just kind of, you know, I'm sitting here looking at, he played uh, about not even 12 minutes the other night. Um, looks like, let's see, one of two from three-point range, two of five from the field. Let's see. Nope, I'm reading the wrong one. One out of four from the field, one out of two from the free throw line. I only had three points on the night, two assists, two turnovers. That's, that's where L, we've got to get him to elevate his game. We need him he, – he doesn't need a flat assist-to-turnover ratio. We need him at about, you know, five, six, seven assists per game and no more than one or two turnovers. He's right. got to take better care of the ball because he's out there to uh, facilitate to the ball to the other scorers. And I don't know – you know, he, he he's lost his mojo somehow. He hasn't fully recovered it yet. But I, I will say this. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that L – has a really really good game come Saturday. Well, <laughs> sorry, there's a little comment down here. I got to throw this up here. It says Carrie says that's the exact reference I was yeah. going for. White men can't jump, except for me. Carrie could jump back in the day, man. I played ball with Carrie. He could he could get up. So what you're basically saying, and this is coming from Dmad back in the studio. He says L needs to L evade his game. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, that was. That Kudos cheesy, for the dad D-Mad. joke there. Yes, that was that was cheesy, D Mad. That was that was bad. That's uh, bad joke level. Tuss talk with Ty, and then we're going to jump into the Oklahoma uh, pregame or pre pre uh, preview. So thoughts on perimeter defense moving forward? Um, it's got to get better, and it's got to get better in a hurry. Starting this weekend with Oklahoma, uh, otherwise Oklahoma will shoot us out of the BOK Center and uh, put us on the road, thumbing it back to Fayetteville. Uh, perimeter defense is going to be key to the success of this team this season because uh, we're going to place a lot of teams. Uh, Alabama is one of them. It lives and dies by the three. 
If they're on, we've got to be able to run them off the three-point line and, you know, make them score in other ways. And right, right now we're just not doing that. Guys are getting way too many threes. Uh, I'm trying to look here uh, from D-Mad, the Furman game. D-Mad Furman was 12. Notes. They were 12 of 32 from three-point range. Uh, that's that's way too many hits. And a lot of those were wide open. Uh, you got to fix that. MC, I, I don't know if you're looking at the uh... – the show chat with with D-Man. He's dropping dad puns. <laughs> Look, yeah, we will not be okay if we don't fix it. There, there needs to be a pun off between. He's uh, on a roll, man. <laughs> there needs to be a pun off between Sam and, and and Dylan. That that would be fun. Hey, let's look ahead at this Oklahoma game coming up yeah. on Saturday. Uh, you sent me some stats earlier tonight, uh, yep. just before show. And again, I'm I'm not a basketball guy. I will I will. I'm a fan of basketball, but I don't analyze it, and I, I don't, I don't follow it as closely as my boy here. Looking at these on paper, mm-hmm. this is going to be a pretty tight game on Saturday. I mean, it, it this this could yeah. make or break the season, maybe. Well, no, I would I wouldn't go so I wouldn't go that far. But you know, if looking after this is the biggest game we've got until conference play starts. Now, now that the Duke game is behind us, okay. and <clears throat> so Oklahoma is seven and zero. Ranked number 19 in the country. Um, they're putting up some points, man. They're putting up 85 and a half points a game. Arkansas is putting up 82 uh, points allowed per game. They're only allowing 62 points a game. I mean, that their defense is strong. Uh, Porter Mosier, head coach there, if you recognize that name, he was a coach at UALR several years back. Uh, and then he also went to uh, – Was that right after Steve Shields? And just yes. before Chris Beard? yes. Yes. Look at me, I know something. And then he left and went to uh, Loyola, Chicago. Yeah, okay, that's where I know him from. And they and they made you know they made some tournament runs there, and he parlayed that into the Oklahoma job after Lon Kruger retired. Uh, Mosier is a is a, he he and Must have a lot of similarities. Uh, they're both very high energy guys. They both focus. Oh, I'm sorry. They're eight. No, I forgot. They won last night. That's my bad. Thank you, David Hazlitt for, for calling me out on that. I appreciate that. Um, so they're eight. No, uh, but he and must have a lot of similarities, a lot of focus on defense, very high energy. Um, you know, if you don't play defense for Porter Mosier, you're not going to play. And so just to go down some of these numbers, uh, we did the points allowed Arkansas, seven, allowing 76 points a game. OU's allowing 62. OU's defense is pretty tight. Um, Arkansas is shooting as a whole 47% from the field. OU's shooting 51%. Um, I'm not going to go through all of these. I'm just going to go through the key ones. One that I think will be, will be big, uh, free throw percentage. Um, Arkansas has upped their free throw percentage to 70% per game. That's that's better than it was. About a week ago, we were sitting, coming out of the Bahamas, we were sitting at like 61 62%. So free throws have gotten better. Um, Oklahoma is making 79% of their free throws. One of the key reasons why they're 8-0 right now. Mm. Um, that If that don't make you uneasy right there. Yeah. So they, again, a lot of similarities here because they get to the line a lot. Uh, free throw attempts. Let's see. No, that's so free throw a, attempts allowed. So I'm not gonna wanna, uh, I'm not gonna worry wanna, about that one. I want to bring this comment up here. Loki yeah. says, remember this. OU is about to be a regular opponent for us. So we need to take this chance and give them hell while they're still on the outside because once they're here, it's on. Well, and if you remember, we we kind of handled them pr- pretty easily last year in this game. So they're coming in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder as well because they didn't like the way things ended last year. Cause I think that was one of the games where Devo ended the game with a dunk. And they kind of took exception to it at the end. And, and you know, my thought on that is you don't want to do it, don't let him do it. So if you don't want to see it, then don't just stand well, there and wait for the clock to run out. So good old Bob Holt. And um, I think it was Bob that asked it. In Muss's press conference, yeah. asked him, asked him this. about Oklahoma. And <laughs> Musk goes, Musk got had the quote of the year. He says, uh, he says, I'm not worried about it. And and quite frankly, he said, paraphrasing here, he says, quite frankly, I, I don't care. And as soon as he said that, Bob shut him up. He says, Bob, I'm just going to stop you right there. You might as well just shut me up. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give him any bulletin board material. Right. Uh, there, the, the similarities don't end there with the stats because 
Oklahoma is uh, they they have length. They're very athletic. Um, I mean, they're they're going to match up really well against us. Uh, this is this is going to be a, a heavyweight fight. I mean, I expect you know for a while this game is. I expect a very close game. I think it's going to go back and forth. You're just going to be trading punches pretty much all night. It's it's going to be a battle, uh, kind of like the Duke game was. I, except I don't see either team ever ever taking this game into a double digit lead. I think it's a close game all the way through. I think it's a. I, I, and I honestly, it's going to be a nail biter. Uh, yep. We're going to continue our discussion of Razorback basketball right after this break. You're listening and watching Inside the Hog Pen on the Sideline Radio Network. Back right after this. Welcome back to Inside the Hog Pen on the Sideline Radio Network. Razorback Zach, Marcus, MC, Carlton, hanging out with you. All right, MC, we're wrapping up here and mm-hmm. in our last segment here. And a couple of questions. Brad Staten says, Muss's assistant's main job during the game is to stay between <laughs> Muss and the refs. It's kind of funny to watch. It is. It's really it's hilarious yeah. to watch well, these guys. And even Michael, Michael Musselman, and, and Muss's son, I, I promise you he's over there going, Dad, don't do it. Dad, don't do it. Well, okay, and here's here's the even funnier piece to this. If you've ever seen Muss in person, he's like five foot six, about one hundred and fifty five pounds. He's my height. The hell, is, the hell is he going to do if he actually gets to somebody? I don't know, is but it, I like his. Is, is he going to like punch him in the kneecaps? I mean, did you really? Just, oh, I mean, and I love oh, Muss. I love on. Muss, but come on, man. Let let let's, you know. It ain't like he's going to go out there and go Krav Maga on somebody and whoop their tail. No, 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 no. You did not just go punch him in the kneecaps. (laughs) David Haslett says Devo has to keep his head in the game and no dumb turnovers. I think it needs to just – not just Devo. I think it's – Yeah, that's across the board. Yeah. They just – they keep keep getting fancy, and it – quit getting fancy. Quit trying to show out and play the ball that you know you can play. Well, and – the thing that drives me nuts, and Muss, I was so happy to hear Muss address this because how, how short people are spicy. <laughs> Rick, I mean, that, yeah, she speaks yeah. the truth. Yeah, she that's does. All yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm speaking from experience. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, my wife is like, she says she's five one, but she's more like four eleven. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Right. Um, there was. Uh, Sorry, that distracted me. I forgot where I was going now. Oh, the one thing, the one thing that I was glad to hear Muss actually point out because Zach, I know he's got to be tired of getting texts from me saying Cobra Kai, no mercy, slit mm. the throat, slit the throat, because we don't have that killer instinct yet. We get a lead. It's just like against Furman, and we did the same thing against Duke and had to hold on for dear life. We we jumped out to a fourteen point lead on Duke, let them get back in instead of putting our foot on the throat snapping their neck and and ending it you know i think of the old mortal combat game finish him you know we're not finishing anybody we're letting yeah. them hang around and hang around and hang around and eventually it's going to come back and bite us uh, i mean salt it's with a, Duke, salt with Furman. it's a it's a nail biter to be sure and it and it leaves us for uh a, 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 a you know on the edge of our sheets but yeah. it's same time this is not what what you want especially going into conference play coming up here in january well and look there are so many of us 
that have watched so many football games where we have blown leads that we all kind of start getting the shakes a little bit when that when you see that lead starting to dwindle in basketball. And it's like, no, it can't happen here too. Um, there's one more stat on this Oklahoma matchup that I wanted to throw out because this could up could end up being a key stat. Um, you get down and you look at strength of schedule of the opponents that you've played so far. Um, Arkansas is 93rd. I was a little surprised by that. I thought ours would have been a little bit higher considering higher too. Uh, the, the games in the Bahamas and also playing Duke. Um, strength of schedule for Oklahoma, 333rd. That's that's it. That's like this much above the floor of the basement. So they've not really played anybody um, so, of power five <laughs> caliber yet. So that, that may be something to watch as well. So explain the whole quadrant thing in layman's terms before we oh. get to look at the comment here. So would Oklahoma be a quad three? If I understood, um, I don't think they've beaten anybody above a quad three right now. Uh, so, I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, they're ranked 19th in the country. Um, I would say because it's not based on where you're ranked in like the AP or the coaches poll. It's about your net ranking and net takes everything into perspective, who you've beat, who the teams that you beat, who have they beat. Uh, it's like a big trigonometry equation uh, to get this formula that goes into the computer. Um, right. I have not looked at their net ranking. I would have to look at it and see, but I would say off the top of my head, they're going to be. Terry uh, says they beat Iowa. Two. Okay, that's the one Power Five team that they've beat, uh, because then, I think everybody else was was a group of five. So, so I would say, you know, if Arkansas wins this game Saturday, it's probably going to be a quadrant two win. Right now, for what it's worth, the Duke win is a quadrant two because they lost their next game after us. They they went down to Atlanta and got beat by Georgia Tech which not only is what I would call a bad loss, but it's also an ACC loss. So they already have one conference loss on the year. That's true. That's true. Uh, DMAD back in our sideline radio network studio says uh, their net ranking is 15. Okay, then that's a quad one. They have they have one quadrant one win, and two quadrant two wins, and five quadrant five wins. Okay. So they're they're higher. They're, they're a quad one. So that makes this game even bigger. Because right now, quad four, quad four. Sorry. Yeah, the only game we have that is a quadrant one right now was the loss to North Carolina. So if we go out and we beat Oklahoma on Saturday, it puts us back to one and one in quad one games. That and I feel like it's way too early to be talking about net rankings, quadrant wins, and all that. Because if you roll through the SEC season and you have an above five hundred record, you're going to be a quad one, a quad two team, which you know. I love the fact that we're back talking about not are we going to make the tournament, but what seed are we going to be in the tournament? And we're trying to avoid certain areas. You know, you want to avoid seven, eight, nine. You want to avoid that range right there. We get hung but, up on that seven, eight, nine line all the time. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing you just keep winning, it's going to take care of itself because the law, Duke is going to have some really good wins, but that's going to make that win look even better. Memphis. And North Carolina both are going to win a lot of ball games, and that loss is going to look better. So when you get into net rankings and quadrants and all that, like even the loss to North Carolina, the more they win, the better that loss looks for us. And we could actually gain spots in the net ranking. Like if we don't play, but North Carolina goes out and they beat, let's say they beat Kansas. Okay. Uh, they won't play Kansas, but let's just say they did. Then – that would make our loss to North Carolina look better because they went out and beat another top five team. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to some of these comments in the Hogwild Life and feedbacks. Loki says, that's the thing. We're playing pretty aggressive. Once we get mm -hmm. that pulled into focus for the entire team, we are going to be damn dangerous. Yeah. Look, we all know what Must does, okay? This is nothing out of the ordinary for Must teams. They're going to, quote, unquote, struggle until about the middle of January. Right. Light bulb's going to come on. They're going to go on a tear through February. Uh, they'll probably, you know, the last 10 games of the season are always very important when it comes to NCAA tournament seedings. They'll go, you know, if they can go 7-3, and 8-2, and two, something like that over their last 10 games, they're going to be fine. They're, this is We are to the point now where the brackets are, are un, unveiled. Teams are looking and saying, oh, crap, where's Arkansas? We don't want to play them. 
We don't want to play them because of what we've done since Muss has been here. You think about the teams that Muss has beat in the NCAA tournament alone since he's been here. Two back-to-back number one seeds. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, if, if that, that right there, I'm that's all I need to know. To hell with the rest of it. That right there tells yeah. you everything you need to know. You, uh, I mean, guys are wanting to avoid us in March. But, I mean, we're a long way from March, man. There's a lot of stuff that oh, can yeah. happen between now and then. Oh, yeah. Baseball season starts up. Oh, wait. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> David David says it's hell on the blood pressure medicine bill. Hey, that's why yes. I tell you guys every show, make sure you consult your doctor to make sure yeah. your heart is healthy enough for Razorback sports for this very reason. And then, of yep. course, you get Brad Staten. I swear. He... <laughs> Down the rabbit hole he goes. And then he says, do you have to get a waiver yeah. to get in the Army? I thought they had height requirements. Ah. <laughs> no, I didn't. At least not oh, for my height. Oh, goodness. At least not for my height. Loki says, we keep playing to the level of our opponents, and we need to stop that. We play. 100%. We need to play to the level we are capable of every outing. That is the only way we're going to step up to the next level. Loki's spot on, and, and that's that's one of the things that Muss has talked about. He's like, they haven't been able to lock in for a full 40 minutes yet. Now, you think about – you know, some of the games we've played this year, um, Duke, they were locked. I would say I would give them 35 minutes. They were locked in. Uh, the last five minutes of the game got pretty scary. And I, I just, I, I had a feeling we were going to blow it right there at the end. Yeah. Uh, but I would say 35 of the 40 minutes they were locked in. Furman, hmm, 30 minutes, maybe. Uh, and, and I mean, it's, look, even the most elite teams cannot stay locked in for a full 40 minutes every single night. But you need to get it to where you're averaging that you're locked in for 37, 35 to 37 minutes every single night. Because most of the time, that's going to be enough to put the knockout blow on guys. But what I don't want to see any more of is I can kind of see in the body language of our players when we get to about a 12, 14, 16-point lead, we let off the gas, and you can't do that. Yeah, you can't, especially if the it other team is me, still fighting. And that's that's where that's where it reminds everybody of the football team. Yes, you know. Yeah, but uh, that I believe will bring us to our conclusion. Uh, one piece of information, and I'm going to announce this at the very top of the show next week. Hopefully, we have Hambone back, but for the first time ever. If you are going to the Little Rock game for the first time ever, you are going to have the entire ITHP team under yep. one roof. They ain't ready, MC. No. No, Simmons Bank is not ready for what's coming because we're going to have everybody there. You're going to have Razorback Zach. You're going to have Hambone. You're going to have MC. You might uh, even have Loki. You might even have Loki in the house. I don't know. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll they, leave that up to him. But you know they're not they're not ready. But uh, I, I will we'll 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 talk more about that next week. MC, yeah. final thoughts before we get out of here tonight. Um, keep the dribble drive penetration going for the Oklahoma game. Dribble drive, uh, have to uh, you can't have the five guys out standing around offense or Oklahoma will run us out of the gym. Yeah. Carrie, and, I, and I saw, already, I saw, I saw that. Yeah, that. Carrie, Carrie's uh, already got live showing the rock. Um, should we? We're maybe. working. We're working on it. We're working we, on. We it. got, we, we got some details to work out there, but that, that is being tossed around and discussed. Yes, yes live from the arena or somewhere close by. Or somewhere close. It may be parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> we may do a parking lot party. Who knows. We'll we'll see we'll see. Uh, Dmad put in his his final thought from the uh, sideline radio network studios. He says, "I feel like it was on the back of of a Bobby Petrino motorcycle at the end of the Duke, Duke game." All right, no, no, yeah. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna let it go. going up the evil Knievel ramp. It's like yeah, yeah. this is that this that has is potential true. to end badly, but we we stuck the landing. That is even true. The, oh, my. Even the Canadian judge gave us a nine point eight. So, right. Well, that's going to do it for us on another edition of Inside the Hog Pen for Marcus MC Carlton from the NEA and DMAD back at the Sideline Radio Network Studios. I'm Razorback Zach. You've been watching an all new episode of Inside the Hog Pen. Until next time, so long, everybody. Mm-hmm.